our next episode of the Small Business Growth Club podcast series and our small business stories. I hope you've been enjoying them so far. Hopefully, like me, you see that there's lots of different insights into running your own business and you've got some useful hints and tips from this to help you move your business forward. So today I'm delighted to say I've got Matt Besford from AC Recruitment Search here to talk about he's he, you're you're a different bit of a different slant, aren't you? Because someone else has set the business up, but you're sort of now in charge. Is that right? Yeah, so I sort of work alongside them, uh, making sure the business is ticking over, really, just getting getting the leads in, getting it all generating and, and getting it pushed forward for him, really, effectively. So why did your boss start his own business or her business? I don't know if it's his or her. <laughs> his, his. Well, effectively, he saw, as most businesses, most startups have, it's sort of that, that gap in the market, really. And with the current pandemic and the current issues that are surrounding businesses and and recruitment in COVID-19, we thought that we could really offer a unique perspective on on a service that that most people use. I mean, I'm sure your listeners would have used agencies and recruitment services before, but we found that, you know, we want to specialise definitely in care. He's, He's got a care background. I've got a care background. And we found that when people use agencies in care businesses, they sort of get treated differently. You know, it's very much, oh, have this person, have that person. But we wanted to change that. And we wanted to have that personal approach, really, and create those relationships with with clients and make sure that we get the right people in the right place. Because personally, I've got quite a few friends that are sort of into the care and they want to start a career in care. They're interested in giving back, especially I mean, this whole pandemic is is that sort of coming together aspect, isn't it, really? And, And making sure that everyone's okay and we're looking after the shielding and the vulnerable. So we really want to create a business that that helps with that and if people really want to get into care that's why we're here and we make sure that we they get the training and um, before we offer it out to other people so we're sort of a the reason we got into it is to make the best of a bad situation and help people find the, the correct people for their positions really and so you mentioned in our so so we obviously we do a little pre catch up before we go live on our yeah. podcast and you mentioned that you now you you are mainly in charge of the business so how long have you been in charge of the business so far Ooh, so I was brought in about a month and a half ago, really. So I'm fairly new still to it. But my boss been here for, we only set the business up, I think it was in March. So we're fairly new. We're very, very small and fairly new, which is exciting. It comes with that buzz, doesn't it? So that's what we think anyway. <laughs> and you've definitely chosen a, the t- a tough time, which I know we're well, going to talk that later on in the podcast. But it, you've been very brave to have set it up in this time but I know lots of people at the moment when we start seeing recessions and things like that that actually there is normally a big boost in um, setting up like new businesses and stuff so you're very brave to have taken the challenge and wow what a year that you've had I know it's it's not been easy but at the same time it's we found that people are out there looking for jobs and we found that especially in the in the area that we're going into I mean that care it's building it's building that relationship with the vulnerable I mean they've been the worst hit haven't they really the elderly and the vulnerable so that's why we've done it because people are looking for jobs people are looking to help in this crisis and when they have that discussion, you know, what did you do in the pandemic? That's why we're here to sort of say, well, they helped with looking after shielding people. They helped with vulnerable people. They helped with people with needs. So that's why we sort of set it up. We found that there was a need for carers, really. Yeah. Um, my next question, you might be, it might be a bit early for you to say, but then you might already have noticed 
So what has been the most benefit to you, do you think, by being in charge of the business? Now, I'm saying that because normally I'm talking to a business owner, but obviously you're, yeah, you're, although you're in charge, you've got a lot of responsibility. So, but I know it's only been a month and a half, as you said, but have you seen a benefit to um, being in charge so far or are you still on a long learning curve? I'm still on a long learning curve myself. I'm still talking to the to the owner and the directors really and, and making sure that everything's pushed forward. I think the benefit to me personally is I mean, I, I, I love a challenge. I love a good bit of excitement, me. Um, I love being able to push something forward and really make a positive change into people's lives. I think that definitely this this position and this company is doing that. So I think the benefit in a sort of way, twisting your words slightly, the benefit specifically to me is that, you know, it's a real difference we're making in such a difficult time. As you mentioned, yeah, it's not been easy setting up at all. Hold hands up. I've only been here a month and a half and I'm finding it difficult anyway. But I mean, making a difference and looking back and thinking at the end of every day by making that placement, by by making that connection, you've made someone's life just a little bit easier, a little bit more happy. More happy? That doesn't make any sense. Happier. There we go. <laughs> Happier with themselves really and in this difficult time it's that coming together that I keep preaching about <laughs> so one of the um questions that everyone who listens to the podcast always know to, want to know and it's normally obviously if you're starting out one of the biggest questions and that's why I ask every person that I interview is so how do you market and advertise your business obviously you're a new business mm-hmm. so what channels at the moment are working for you and where do you see it going in the future? I'm asking that question because you are quite, uh, like, obviously new as a business anyhow, a bit starting yeah. a lot. So we've been in lockdown. And so marketing in terms of, like, networking, that has completely changed. So what has worked for you in these initial months? Well, I mean, there's a campaign to say, get on the phones, get those ringing, get it going, get that buzz and that energy. We like to have that sort of activity going. We always say, get get your skin in the game, really. If you can make that phone call, if you can get past, I know, especially with cold calling, it's that gatekeeper that's the receptionist, the secretary that says, no, they're not busy at the moment. Call back at one. Make sure you call back at one. So we're marketing ourselves by word of mouth, really, just getting in contact with people. We've also found that LinkedIn works really well. We like to use LinkedIn. Yeah, we like to connect with businesses. We like to connect with carers on LinkedIn. We like to connect with those people that we want to we use personal linkedin sort of recruiter light areas i don't know if you can mention that on your podcast really yeah Yeah. so recruiter light the full uh, the linkedin so you can message people really um, and get those connections forming Um, and then we also find that the classic facebook twitter instagram just being active on there making sure that you're sharing the right posts that you're liking the right things that you're getting in the the eye line of the right people so that then when you give them a call after you've sent them an email after you've learned what their email address is after you've had that third phone call with that receptionist and they've broken a bit and they've gone oh why don't you send him an email john at whatever then you send that email and it's no longer a cold call it's a oh yeah do you remember when i sent you that email what do you think of this what do you think of that so in, in terms of marketing, we do the classics, we do the, you know, the letters sending every now and again, which is a little bit more money, but especially with care homes, it's nice little, you know, sometimes they're, they're a little bit old fashioned. They like that pen, that pen and paper, those letters. It just makes you stand out, really. They get barraged with emails, but how many letters do they get coming through the door from, from a recruitment company or how many letters do they get coming through the door from a company, really? So it's that personal, hi, Joan, if you, because we know, especially in the care industry, we've got CQC, which is a great help to us which tells you all about the nominated individuals, all about the registered managers. So you can really personalize that marketing. 
but that's that's effectively what we do. I know I've waffled on a little bit there, but that's effectively what we do. We go with the classic approach of social media, the letters that we write, the emails that we send, and then following up with that phone call, which sounds a little bit obsessive, but sometimes you just keep having to catch people at the right stage to get that yes, to get that placement, to get that job on, to get that helping out. And as soon as they've used you, if you if they like you, you've got that connection, and then it's word of mouth, and then it's going, oh, can you tell your neighboring care homes or... If it's a franchise, would you recommend us to other homes, that sort of thing? And the best form of marketing is word of mouth, we found, really. Yeah. No, that's interesting you say about the phone calls, because I know in some people's eyes, it's a dying art. But I know there's companies out there like that do it. Um, obviously, it sounds if you're doing it on your by yourselves, which is it is really good. So, and most people might think that's quite brave, but I know it's a must. And yeah, I, I think when you see phone calls and that, they do help you to convert that call. Just even as you say, even to get an email address. So, would your biggest tip be that on like that phone call is just to persevere? Yeah, I I would say so. I mean. As I always say when I'm talking to other people, and we've got some people starting up really, and it's it's that perseverance. It's that getting past that gatekeeper, that that one block. It's a barricade. They do a great job. If there's any receptionists or secretaries read, like listening in, you do a great job. But it's just getting that phone number, that email address, that something. As soon as you get it, it's a little bit of light at that end of the tunnel, and it's just keep going. Obviously, not obsessive seven or eight calls a day, because then they're going to be like, I don't want to deal with them. They seem a bit too clingy. It's it's that following up. Hi, I called on Wednesday at two o'clock. Did you get the message? Oh no. Well, I'll call you. You know, and it's making sure that you sort of know their schedule. They'll be in a meeting at one usually with their managers. Okay. Well, I'll call at two thirty. I'll call at three. Or if you start making a note of when they seem to be in meetings, you start figuring out. Ah, that's the perfect time. Tuesday at two o'clock. That's when they seem to be free. That's when I'll give them a call. Or they have their lunch at one because I personally know when I'm on lunch, I don't want to get a phone call from somebody. So it's finding out when they sort of go on that lunch. It's all information, really. And it's keeping on its persistence, really. It's just keep going. There will be a light at the end of the tunnel when you get that email address, when you get that phone number. That's what we find. And that's that's that little bit of light. That's that They're a little bit interested. We've had a word. Yeah. And at the end of the day, once you've called three or four times, it'll get to the point where they go, oh, Matt's on the phone again. They go, ah, I know exactly why he's on the phone. Yeah. Put him through. Now I need him. Now I need the recruitment. Yeah. Now I need this. Yeah. Oh, that, that, thank you. Thank you for those things. <laughs> You okay. mentioned um, that you use social media. Yeah, uh, I know. I know for a lot of people, social media can be this big <gasps> monster in the oh, in, in, like out there, and and uh, perception could be that obviously about time and when do I get the time to do it. So, in terms of how you use social media, what would be your top tip for social media? Ooh, top tip. I've got so many. Well, give us a few then. <laughs> give us a few. <laughs> uh, well, we use we use a variety of different areas within the social media. So we like to use those paid ads. But the thing with paid ads is people get scared when they use a paid ad um, because you could effectively be throwing a lot of money down a well and you can't get much reward from that. But what you need to do is you really need to pinpoint it. You really need to target where you want to go. So if you want people in the care industry, if you want that certain care home, for example, I know that there's a couple of care homes in Leeds, a couple of care homes in Wakefield. One of them might be hiring. So you need to really narrow it down. So I want that specific postcode. I want the specific people. They've got an interest in healthcare. They've got an interest in helping people. They might have had a little bit of care background. It is scary, the amount of knowledge that Facebook has. Mm -hmm. So really utilize it. When you make those paid ads, 
target it down into that one nice key area because you're more likely, and it sounds ridiculous, by making it sort of, instead of casting your net wide, you cast your net fewer, as it were, smaller. It sounds ridiculous and a lot of people are going, why Why bother doing that? The more, you, the more people you reach, the better chances you've got. No, because you really, I find that marketing is 100% making sure you're in front of the right person at the right time. And they, they're going to have a click. They're going to get put through to somebody that you need to speak to. It doesn't really matter if you're sitting at home scrolling through Facebook. You see my ad, you'll just move across. And I've just wasted 10p on that or whatever, uh, however much you set it to. It's much better if you're in an office or in a position that can help me and that you need me, then you click on it. And then that 10p is much better spent rather than it going to a wide area going to those narrow few but that's how we use it we also share on our pages important things that mean a lot to us so a huge part of us is we we care more about the people so we, we're all about caring we're all about giving back to the community we're all about making sure that everyone's feeling safe everyone's happy so sharing those posts you know we do a mindful monday on our social media we do a, a wisdom wednesday where we spread a little bit we're going straight back into another lockdown a lot of people are going to be eight unfortunately laid off be a little bit upset at the fact you know they're going into another lockdown they have to work from home i'm personally working from home probably be in an office but it's those making sure that people know that there's people out there that, that care and it's sharing those although you know we might not find you the perfect job we might not hit you there get that sort of area if that makes any sense but it's making sure that you know that we're supporting that struggle that mindful Monday, that taking a minute to meditate taking a minute we're, we're a big believer in meditation i, I don't know why <laughs> but we like to take a minute and really look after ourselves so it's sharing those posts making sure you've got that image and liking different pages and making sure that you're following the right people that you want to be associated with. Because if you follow somebody and they, they don't go with your ethos, there's no point following them because people really assign you. You've got to be a sort of like a little personality. You've got to be a person, really. You're a business, I understand. But at the same time, it's all about presenting the right image, following the right people and really responding to people and making sure that they know that you're, you're there to talk to them, that you're there just one thing we found when we did our sort of research with recruiters is a lot of people uh, will get contacted by a recruiter and then they might not hear from that recruiter in two or three weeks. Yeah. And we were thinking, why? Why is that? So we like to do sort of weekly updates or if you've got any problems, you know, oh, I, I was going to do this, I was going to look at this job, why don't we look at that? We like to know that. We like to be in contact with you. We like to get to know you as a person because a lot of it, people recruit on personality as well as on on skills you might have an amazing cv but you've got the personality of a brick stone <laughs> uh, it's not going to work in a care industry if you've got a really good cv and a great personality and we can really present that much more likely to make a hire sorry so that's how we sort of use social media we like to share the right things we like to like the right people and we like to use those targeted ads to make sure that you as the right person is seeing us and we can connect that way okay no thank you long-winded answer there no, no, that's good I think it's good for people to know how different businesses are using social media and what's working for them um to hopefully you know give people a goal to meet for their social media because it's not right for everybody and I think one of the things I always say and we've learned that in our business that social media doesn't all the platforms don't work for us we've now get down to LinkedIn and Facebook for example and we've done that through lots of analysis so we're trying to utilize them better when we have time. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, so thank you for those tips. I'm going to ask you a question now, but obviously, again, you know, a month and a half, you, you, 
everything might be a massive challenge for you, but what has been the biggest challenge that you've faced so far and how have you overcome that? I think the biggest challenge is, especially for a startup in recruitment, is making those connections. It's making those relationships. It's, It's getting that first initial, yeah, we trust you with our recruitment. We'll let you hire them. We'll see what you can develop. I think that's been the biggest challenge. And the way we've overcome that is those weekly meetings. It's those discussions. It's, you know, we're fairly small. We've got other big companies out there like Hayes, Compass, all that sort of lot that are great recruiters, but they haven't got that that personal touch. They haven't got that, we'll check on you. We'll make sure that it's the right hire. They might send you 12, 13 applicants for a position, but out of them, how many are you really going to look at? How many are you going to hire? I'd rather send you two that you know are going to be excellent. And it's the biggest challenge is forming that relationship and making that first that first contact, really, that first give us a chance. Let's see, we've got this role, I've got this candidate. Let's see what we can do. Is it the right candidate for you? You can decide. What is it that you're looking for? What is it? Again, it's a little bit like a Facebook ad. It's targeting it down to that one thing and me going, I can get you that. I'll get you that in give me a week, two weeks, rather than just sending you a load of applicants, which yeah, you're gonna pay, you're gonna pay some top dollar for. I'd rather send you that one that's gonna be amazing and that you're gonna go, that's exactly it, Matt. So the biggest challenge is that sort of getting off that starter block. It's getting in that door. As I say, the gatekeepers, the receptionists, it's making sure that you get past them and forming those relationships really and making sure that we have that database and we have that client list that really trust us and can recommend us. No, thanks. Thank you. This, you may not have even decided this yet. (laughs) Go for it. So, Do you have any goals? And obviously now I, when I normally ask this question, um, I'm talking to business owners who may have been in business for several years or even longer. And talking to them, obviously, before this all happened, their goals were very different to what they are Mm. now. But you're quite new anyhow. So are you do you have any goals? Are they short, medium or long term goals? Or have you not even thought about that yet? (laughs) (laughs) Well, in any business, when you ask this question, I think the first thing they're going to say is obviously we've got financial goals that we need to we need to obligate. But that ultimate goal, really, the passion that we have, as I say, I keep going on about it. I'm so sorry, but it's it's that caring. It's one of our goals is to be that that name and care that one. Yeah, he can get you a good candidate. AC recruitment search. They're the ones that will sort you out. They'll get the good candidate. They'll get the good manager. Um, They're related to some good people, some good personalities. As I say, it's as much about your personalities as about your CV nowadays. Um, So that's our sort of goal, being the leading in care recruitment. And it's going to be a struggle. I understand that. There's other companies out there. And it's a very, very long-term goal. You've got to play the game to get to the goal that you need before you can score, really. So I would say, obviously, we've got financial goals, which are short-term. We're trying to get through this pandemic, even though we opened up in a pandemic, which, you know, fair play we're definitely trying i think that we've got that short-term financial goals our long-term goal is to be that reliable company that one that you can always turn to and make sure that they deliver the best candidates to you mm-hmm. yeah i'm gonna put you on the spot for uh, there's, uh, there's another question I'm oh okay ask. so um as we're recording this so we're recording this in november 2020 because obviously I'm hoping this podcast series will get listened to for years to come. I'm sure it will, and yeah. <laughs> today, um, on this day, we've had the new unemployment figures come out. 
and mm-hmm. their high because of obviously going through the pandemic. But unfortunately, it seems as if we're losing a generation in the youngsters between 16 to 24. Uh, I was looking at a news station this morning and it, there was unfortunately a person on there who's applied for lots and lots of jobs and they weren't getting any interviews or they weren't even getting responses. Mm. So for the youngsters... Would you have any advice for them when they're looking for a, a job in, at this particular time? Good question. Have any advice? So a huge thing is, as I said, I know it's about your personality, but it's getting that foot in the door. It's that CV first thing. There's no point. If you're if you're applying for a position, you need to tailor your CV to that position. There's not one stock CV that you can send out. Indeed is great for it. I was guilty when I was searching for a job. I was guilty of that. I made a a one-size-fits-all CV on Indeed, and I sent that out to everybody. And that's why companies use those. I don't know if you've been on CV, uh, you've been on Indeed recently. You can do that click-through where you go to a company site, and it's a bit of a uh, an ask to to fill out all of the documents, and then it says put your previous work experience in. And people are like, oh, I'll just copy and paste it from my CV. Don't make sure you've read the job description. You've read what they're asking for. Really tailor your experience to that position so if they're asking you if you're applying for a job as a marketing man and you've done a position in a cafe you could even say you know i helped market the business when i was serving the coffee i would recommend these things i helped with a little bit of logo design or whatever it is that you did really tailor it towards that position is the biggest advice i could give a cover letter again most people even if it's a few words i think i'd be good at this because of x y and z give we we call it i can't remember what we call it now i've totally forgotten and i've just set myself up there and it's totally gone out of my mind i had a mind blank of what we call it but effectively it's where you put the situation what you did to rectify it and the outcomes so this was the issue i did this to solve it and the outcome was that they were happy with that or the outcome was we got two more sales or the outcome was we made this uh, relationship form and even if it's two or three of them in a cover letter you know i think i'd be good at this because when i was a ac recruitment search we had a need to find candidates i increased our online presence i contacted applicants by phone call uh, by phoning them i did this i did that and the outcome was we generated some more leads that's the sort of thing that an employer will look at and go, okay, I can relate to that. I remember when I was in a situation like that, they did that. They did that without asking a manager. They did that off their own back. They took their own initiative to develop themselves, to develop the company they're working for. And what was the outcome? Oh, they, they got a positive outcome. Even if it's negative, you know, it didn't work at this point, but I learned X, Y, and Z from it. Even that looks good. That's what my biggest advice would be, to tailor your CV and make sure you do that positive outcomes as a cover letter. I know that there's an increased use of video now, I, I believe, because obviously yeah. it's a long time since I've gone for a job now. I've <laughs> started my own company. I'm hoping it's something I don't have to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, is, is, that, is that a good thing, to, uh, do you think? Or, again, do you have to be careful about what you're producing because do you have to be conscious that you're not producing too low quality or hmm. video a way of getting your character over to a prospective employer? 
it depends if you've got the the contact details for that employer because i know on indeed it it would may look a bit weird sticking a video of yourself on indeed and sending it across because that's not what they're looking for um, they might love the initiative and they might love the idea of you sending it through but i especially know there's, there's there's some apps out there that use videos and they do their entire you know you put your cv on a video and you really see the personality i think one of them's called giggle um that i used to work uh, alongside as well so they're they're really good for that sort of seeing the personality but i think you've got to be careful because although you want to stand out it depends what you put in that video um you know if you're if i've had it before where someone sent me a video and they've attached the wrong file and they say that you know you can't make a bad first impression but that that really was terrible um, watching them go is it on is it on for it, it definitely made them unique i'll give you that but it also made me feel they're quite unreliable if they can't even attach the right video for a job application so i think definitely if you're going to send a video make sure it's the right one <laughs> make sure it's going to the right person and make sure that it is in keeping with the position you're going for really well, thank you, Matt. Thank you for your kind okay. uh, stay. That, uh, again, it's taken us off in a different avenue than <laughs> some of our previous podcasts. So I hope our listeners have enjoyed this podcast today. So if you um, want to know more about the Small Business Growth Club, you can click on the link in the podcast. Small Business Growth Club is designed to help small businesses who are setting up. We would have two years of material for you that you can work through on a monthly basis and we will help your business grow. So you have access to all our monthly themes and some of those themes include how to choose the right accountant, why you should have a website for your business, all the different marketing avenues that you might try. We even now covering reviewing your business after your first year so you know which way to track down. So we've got lots and lots of different subject matter that you can access on a monthly basis. You can also access our business basics training so that will help you in terms of bookkeeping email marketing we've got minute taking we've got lots of different courses that would all you can access as part of your subscription and finally we do a monthly networking group in which you can join us morning lunchtime or evening so you can do all three and that's all included in your membership so if that's something you would like to join please do click the link below in this podcast episode and finally, I just want to say thank you, Matt, for your time today. Um, we've really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us on. I, I love the idea and I love the, the podcast. Thank you. Um, so we look forward to seeing all our listeners back in our next episode next week. 